0: The word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Old Testament reading from Numbers 11. We've all been jealous of one thing or another. Someone has a nicer house than we do. Someone has a nicer car than we do. Someone makes better grades than we do. There's always something to be jealous about, it seems like, in this life. Some are even jealous of me. And being able every week to have a captive audience to listen to every word that I say. Then they realize what's done the rest of the six days of the week. And they're like, "Yeah, no, you can have that. But in Israel, there was enough jealousy to go around that it seemed like it was in an abundant supply. And for most of them, it was jealousy for the way things used to be. The rabble among the children of Israel had a strong craving. Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. All these things we had in abundance. And we didn't have to pay for it. It was wonderful. They were slaves in Egypt. Everything they ate cost them by the sweat of their brow. Nothing there was truly ever free, especially them. And that causes Moses to get upset, asking God, why have you dealt ill with your servant? This is one of the many times, I'm sure, through the wilderness wanderings, that Moses was like, life was so much better when I was just a shepherd for my father-in-law. Sheep are a lot easier to deal with than these people. He says, You lay this burden of this people on me. Two million plus people all looking to Him for what they need in life. And He asked, Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? That you tell me I have to carry them and take them? Then He asked, Where am I to get meat for all these people? Because they keep asking me, Where's the meat? Where's the meat? Where's the meat? Very much like Philip, as he looked at the 5,000 men, not counting the women and children, and said, 200 denarii would not even buy enough bread for everyone to have just a little. And then Moses reaches his climax and is complaining, if you will treat me like this, kill me at once. It would be better for me to be dead than having to deal with all these people. Very different from just months earlier when he comes down from Mount Sinai and sees Israel dancing around the golden calf. Then he goes back up on Mount Sinai and says, If you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book instead. There he offers himself and his life as an atoning sacrifice for the people very much like Jesus would literally do on the cross of Calvary. But here, Numbers 11, Moses is just looking out for himself. He's just tired of having everything fall on his shoulders. So then God says, we'll bring 70 elders. We'll set them up to help you with all these people. And so we have their ordination of sorts, where the Spirit is taken from Moses and put on to these 70 men. But Joshua wasn't quite happy with that. Joshua, Moses' assistant from his youth, like having the Spirit of God to himself and to Moses, that made them special. But now he had to share it with these 70 guys. And Moses has to ask him, are you jealous for my sake? Were that all the Lord's people, prophets, that the Lord would put His Spirit on them? And in most pastoral installations, we have the hymn we sang for our office hymn this morning, praying for the Spirit to be sent upon the pastor being installed as the shepherd of that congregation. Because the pastors work under Christ in the same way that the 70 elders worked under Moses. Moses. Taking some of the smaller things so that Moses and then Christ can take the bigger things. But again, it doesn't stop in numbers. We get to our Gospel reading in Mark 9. And John, the beloved disciple, didn't want anyone who wasn't in their group casting out demons in Jesus' name. I mean, after all, they're not with us. How can we trust them? same way we see in our world today, especially in the Christian church with so many denominations, that we want to sit there and pick at the differences between each other instead of finding the places where we can reach that common ground and be able to work together. We'd rather hold on to the jealousy of, no, you have, you have to be part of our group to be able to do this. But regardless of all this, regardless of everything else you can think of in history, where people were jealous over one thing or another, the most jealous creation of all is hell. Where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. There is no pesticide that can get rid of the worm of hell for those who are suffering in its anguish. There is no amount of water that can quench the fire that torments them for all eternity. Even though that fire is flooded, by the tears that continually roll down from them. We get Jesus over and over again talking about this. About entering life. Because this is the alternative. Spending eternity in worm and fire that we'll never be rid of. And where does Jesus get this picture from? It's actually the very last words Isaiah says in his prophecy. Almost an exact quote Jesus gives at the end of his going on about what causes you to sin. Because yes, you can take out all the physical parts on the outside. doesn't help you. Because where your sin is, is right here. And you can rip out your heart too. And it still will be there beating with its own impulses, its own jealousy. And jealousy that keeps us looking in the wrong places for the things that we need. The psalm started out this morning, these all look to you to give them their food in due season. For those who remember the back part of the catechism with the daily prayers, not only do we get morning prayer and evening prayer out of it, but also get the mealtime prayers. That for Luther, started out with this exact verse. That everything we need comes from God. And everything we get jealous over is a gift that God has given to someone else. But we want that gift for ourselves. Let me think, well, okay. Maybe I just need to refocus myself. Because we also have in the catechism that God says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. So obviously there's got to be a good kind of jealousy here. And then we look to passages like we have from James this morning. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. And our heart twists that. To think, okay, if I just pray hard enough, if I just believe hard enough, I can get whatever I want. I can get through whatever problem is going on. And we pray. And we pray. And sometimes it doesn't go away. Sometimes it even gets worse. And we look to people like Elijah as James does, who prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three and a half years it didn't rain. Elijah obviously didn't like farmers. But But then he prayed again and it rained. We get jealous because we want to be like that. We want to be able to control the weather. It's like, well, that's everybody, isn't it? Because you can't get One day where the weather is absolutely perfect and everybody agrees on it, because one person will say it's too sunny. One will say it's too cloudy. One says, I need rain. Others say, I need it just a little bit warmer to dry out the field. We can never be satisfied, because we're always looking in the wrong place. So as we'll pray in our colic this morning, we pray that the Lord will lead us Two, looking to the source of every blessing. And we find everything that we need. We start off by asking, mercifully direct and govern us by your Holy Spirit. That same Spirit taking off of Moses and given to the 70 elders. Whether they showed up at the tent of meeting or not. They were the chosen ones. God put His Spirit on them anyway. And as we'll sing in our closing hymn, The same thing happens to you and me. Here my Spirit's power filled you. Here His tender comfort stilled you. The Spirit comes upon you every time you enter this building, every time you listen to the radio broadcast. Because it is the Spirit coming through the Word of God. Showing you that initially, in His love's baptismal river, He made you His forever. He made you one of His beloved children, giving you His Holy Spirit so that you might believe all the promises that He has made to you. And that you may also not only look forward to eternity in heaven, but also be able to live rightly here and now. Because that's the last half of the collect this morning. That we may complete the works you have prepared for us to do going back to that wonderful verse, Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has given us each our own gifts, our own crosses, our own things that we are gifted at, that we may accomplish things for His glory. But it's... The heart, once again, that brings us to that idea, well, I want somebody else's gifts. I want somebody else's job. And God says, why? Isn't it enough for you to have what I have given you? Isn't it enough for you to use this for the opportunity to grow? Not only in love but in service. enjoy, Because it is what I have given you to do. It is my gift to you, he says. Be jealous for that. And to be willing to do that to the best of the ability I have given you. Praising me so that you may see my love for you. So yes, there is a good and godly jealousy. And it is a jealousy for going after His works that He has given for us, that we might rejoice in Him who has given us all things. Amen.